0: Good evening everyone. Thank you so much for coming. We'll continue this evening with a discussion of the Paramatma Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. Continuing our discussion of the Kshetra. Uh, we're in the middle of the Yanacheda and we are discussing uh, at this point the Chhetra the field of activities, and the Shetrajna, the observer of the field. And Jiva has just discussed the fact that if we're to look at this, we should see that the true observer of the field, the ultimate observer, is the Supreme Lord himself. His vision is untarnished, so we went in in our last discussion, how affected by the modes of material nature, everyone's field of vision is different. And everybody's experience is different. So there are three primary modes of three modes of material nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. And based upon our involvement with those modes, we see life entirely differently from someone else, someone that's in ignorance. We might not be able to relate to their kind, their field of vision. Their field of vision is maybe one of just uh, inertia, sleep, intoxication, and we just—it's just nothing of interest, well, especially to a spiritualist, but you know, to somebody in the mode of goodness, and. We just made a simple uh, uh, simple explanation. How much different is the life of let's take, for example, a uh, a gymnast who wants to be wants to what, wants to win the gold medal in the Olympics, and they developed this desire at a very young age. How much difference is their life from everybody else's? They're concerned about the only thing that their consciousness is absorbed in is the fitness of their body and their ability to push themselves to the utmost limit and win that gold medal when they can qualify for the team. So that's a certain field of vision. What's their consciousness like? Just imagine to put yourself in their conscious state of mind throughout you know their whole up to the point where they're actually, if they can make it, able to strive for that metal. they they would not think the way everybody else would. So their field is is very much affected by, their desires and propensities in life. So for that reason, Jiva said, when we talk of Shetragya, uh, she the, the primarily, primary knower of the field, the knower of the field, we have to recognize that as the Supreme Lord himself in his Paramatma feature within the material cosmos. And it's not that the jiva, ourselves, the fragmental part of the Supreme Lord, doesn't also have some vision, some field, some experience of the field, but our consciousness is not, of course, the same as the Supreme Lord's. So when we talk of Shetragya, we're primarily talking and we should see that the knower of the field is that comprehensive knower who is the Supreme Lord in his paramatma feature, or his feature within the heart of every living entity, and for basically pervading the material creation. So now Jiva goes on, and he speaks about the fact that both the Supreme paramatma and the infinitesimal jiva, ourselves, both are imperishable. So he continues, Therefore in this verse of the Gita, only the knower of the individual field, Vyasti-Shetragya, is identified as the devotee, whereas the knower of the aggregate of all fields, Samasti-Shetragya, is the supreme substantive reality to be known, nyaya. So here, after reminding us of this by citing the knowable, together with the knowledge of the field and its knowers, Krishna continues in the following verses by showing that the jiva nature of the individual knower, Vyasti kshetragya, and the isvara nature of the aggregate knower, samasti ketragya, are both imperishable. And then Jiva, in order to provide some evidence, some scriptural support for what he's just said, um, quotes from the Bhagavad Gita. The living entity situated within material nature, experiences the qualities born of that nature, such as happiness and sorrow. The cause of its birth in species of greater or lesser evolutionary complexity is its association with the gunas of primordial nature. So, As we can clearly see, not every living entity is born equally. Uh, We have some advantages in a human form of life that are not there in the animal species. But the soul within all living entities is the same qualitatively. It's pure spiritual consciousness, whether it be In the animal kingdom, in the the plant world, every living entity is a small, infinitesimal, fragmental particle of the supreme consciousness of the Lord. So that's what's being spoken of here. So, both are eternal. Krishna says this right in the very beginning of Bhagavad Gita also. Uh, that for the soul there's never birth nor death, nor having once been, does he ever cease to be. So Jeeva continues, and here again, he's just bringing, bringing us to an understanding of of what is the nature of the Supreme Lord and how are we like the Supreme Lord And how are we not like the Supreme Lord? He has certain potencies and qualities that we don't have, but we have a lot in common. So he's now speaking about some commonality between ourselves and the Lord's manifestation within the material cosmos of Paramatma. By indicating that the Jiva, our self, is situated within material nature, from which it logically follows Swata, that it is beyond matter, Krishna clearly teaches here that the jiva is imperishable. Then, by pointing out that the Supreme Conscious Being, or Purusha known as Paramatma, is superior to the jiva, he shows that he is imperishable. Again, he quotes from the Bhagavad Gita to support his point. This is this is how how somebody in learned circles, the sadhu, uh, presents spiritual knowledge. He'll explain it and then he'll say, "But don't take it on my authority. Let me let me show you where it's where the Supreme Lord Himself is speaking this knowledge." So he says, the other Purusha, this is Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, the other Purusha, pur- Purusha means controller, the other controller residing in the body is known as the witness, the sanctioner, the sustainer, the maintainer, the almighty regulator, and also the supreme self, Paramatma. So there's two Entities within the living entity, within ourselves. We're not alone. <laughs> we, have, we have a friend. The difference is the friend that's residing with us is a witness. What does it say? Krishna's saying here in the Gita. He's not only a witness, he's he's sanctioning you can do this, you can't do that. Well, I want to do everything. Well, yes, that's nice, but you have, as he spoke earlier in the the last verse, verse 21, there's a limitation in the body that you have now based upon your conditioning within the modes of material nature. You can't swim like the fish in the body of a human, nor can you fly like the birds. I know you want to, and you're trying as as well as you can, but you can only swim like the fish if you have a submarine. So you have to make a mechanical... But that's the thing about humans, we want to do it all. So we we use what the resources around us and the intelligence, the God-given intelligence we have, to try to do it all. Um, but truly, we're conditioned. This environment, the material environment is very restrictive in that regard according to our the influence of goodness passion or in, ignorance we have a certain uh, certain consciousness a certain nature krishna, krishna says you're born of a particular nature so and that nature gives you happiness and sorrow and your happiness and sorrow is not the same as the next person's happiness and sorrow. So, He, the Lord, is residing also. Sarvasya cha hamriti sani visto matashmritir janam apo naham cha. I am seated in everyone's heart. For me comes knowledge, remembrance, and forgetfulness. The other Purusha residing in the body is known as the witness, the sanctioner, the sustainer, the maintainer, the almighty regulator. And also as the supreme self, Paramatma. And we also have that statement from the Upanishads. It's like two birds on a tree. One bird, our self, we're taking the fruits of what the world has to offer and the other bird is simply witnessing and sanctioning sanctioning according to our situation our karma I want to be whatever I want to be a Billy Gates I want to be a genius computer guy and I want to be a billionaire yeah that's just not gonna happen for me this time I don't have whatever he had in his life the circumstances of his birth the circumstances that led him to have those facilities yeah they just didn't come my way providence did not provide them whose providence does that mean the lord is discriminating oh you can have and you can't have you know you can you know you're born at this time I always like to think there was, there's no time to be, there was no, there's no time in the history of man that could have been as great as being born at the time I was born. <laughs> I may not have been a Billy Gates, but hey, I had the Beatles, the Stones, the Doors, <laughs> I had, you know, psychedelic drugs, I had the, the whole movement, I had Woodstock. I mean, it just doesn't get better than that. For me, I always think, my gosh, look at where the world, look at where society in general is heading now. And look at what, I, I, this was really a good life. You know, of course now at the old, as, 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 as age comes on, it's not looking as bright as it used to. So the pains and the, you know, the pains and pleasures are different. So, but factually there's no difference qualitatively, spiritually between myself and a Billy Gates or a Steve Jobs or a Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <the> s- <laughs> <laughs> him- my rising <laughs> He's gonna take exception. But there's no discrimination on the part of the Supreme Lord. Although he's there, he's observing, he's sanctioning. We are the manufacturers of our own fortune or misfortune, according to our actions within the material realm. Um, As you reap, so you shall sow. We will Get what we're due, and what I'm due, and what Brad Pitt's due is not the same. <laughs> we'll continue. Jiva says, Then, in the following two verses, again, he's continuing to use the Bhagavad Gita as his primary praman, his evidence. He's relying on scripture. And what he's presenting in, in these Sandarbhas is a perfect example of, of Shastra Yukta. Intelligence based on scripture and the proper methodology that can be utilized. Hearing from a sadhu who knows how to to give us the essence of the scripture we can also in due course develop such fine discrimination in our thought where what Jiva's the conclusions will also come to the devotee naturally and those conclusions um Those conclusions develop along with our serious spiritual practice. The ability to arrive at the proper conclusion in reading the scriptures will come. We notice in spiritual circles there may be so many opinions and there may be so many spiritual circles that have their own opinions, and one group will disagree with another group. So Jiva Goswami, his amazing contribution to our lineage of spiritual thinking, and there are many lineages of spiritual thinking in the world of man, uh, his unique contribution is... His logical application of scripture to present the most profound realizations in regards to the living entity, the Supreme Lord, and the material world. Um, so the Anacheda continues. Then, in the following two verses of the Bhagavad Gita, 15th chapter, Bhagavan meaning the Supreme Lord, authoritative declares the imperishability of the Jiva saying, so we're just finishing up on this point that we're eternal, God's eternal, you don't, you know, even though there's birth and death within this world, um, you, the spirit soul, will never die. So, quoting from the Bhagavad Gita's 15th chapter, there are two kinds of purushas in this world, the perishable and the imperishable. All these embodied beings, Buddha, are perishable, whereas the immutable self, kutastya, is called the imperishable. But different from these two is the supreme purusha called Paramatma. He, the imperishable regulator, enters the three worlds and then sustains them. Well, we need somebody like Jiva to help us understand what exactly Krishna is saying here. There's two kinds of beings, and one's perishable and one's not. Whereas we. How does that work? Well, the perishability is based on what? The consciousness of the living entity. So as it's not that all jivas are not eternal; they're all imperishable, but based upon their consciousness, some think this is it. Their their vision is one of perishability. There's nothing beyond this life. So that's what Krishna is speaking of here. There's two angles of vision, the perishable and the imperishable. But above that, there's the angle of vision of the Supreme. Now, we've talked about a likeness between the Supreme Lord residing within this material energy and the living entity, our self, the Jiva. Jiva. Jiva Goswami, the author, now continues and he makes some distinctions between the Paramatma and ourself. We're not alike in all regards. So there's a lot of ways that we're not alike, but this is just the beginning of the Paramatma Sundarva, so he's going to begin here to bring out. And it's nice thing, this first section referred to as an Anucheta, is giving us a preview of the more detailed knowledge. I know this seems very detailed, but there's a lot more to come. Uh, and we need... Uh, if, we, if we approach these lessons from Jiva Goswami in the proper manner and in an attentive manner, As I said, a true revelation will come to us and we'll be able to dismantle our false identification with the world of this world and establish a proper identification with the spiritual realm. And we'll have real knowledge. We'll be able to see things from the vantage point of the Supreme. And that vantage point is the true vantage point of knowledge. So who's really the knower of the field? And his pure devotees. That's the true Kshetragya. So Jiva goes on and now some distinctions are there. In the Bhagavad Gita verse quoted above, the word witness means the supreme witness. So this is this is the quality of someone like Cheeves. We're talking about the witness. Don't think that the verse is talking about you. It's talking about the supreme witness. Sanctioner means he who inspires the living being in accordance with their past actions. So we're inspired to action based on what? Karma. Karma. Our karma, our involvement with the world, and the way the world has impressed us, samskaras, uh, determines our future actions. This is nicely pointed out in detail in the Madurya Kadamani of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. The different, um, the development of karma. We're getting an impression from the world around us, and that impression becomes solidified in a true desire within our heart. It becomes a seed, and so that's the bija. From the seed, it further develops uh, into. Something that will manifest because the seed has come. We've we've developed a, a desire due to impressions of the world around us in a future life that will that will influence our future life. And of course, it's a cycle, it's cyclic. So, and then there's that's a parabda. As Ashura Maharaj just mentioned, and then the Parabdha is. What we're experiencing today in this life, where I was born, whether it's male or female, whether it was a tree or an ant or a dog or a human being, uh, all that, you know, is, is, has determined where I am now and how that plays out will also cyclically create the next environment. Uh, so according we're inspired to that action and that inspiration manifests itself in the karma of the world which is our experience he who inspires the living being in accordance with their past actions and we go back to the earlier verse in the Gita uh, I am seated in everyone's heart for me comes knowledge, remembrance and forgetfulness. So the Supreme Lord, he knows what we want based on what we desired more than we ourselves remember what those desires were and how they play out and manifest our current existence. So is basically breaking down word for word the verse from the Gita, 1322. The other purusha residing in the body is known as the witness, the sanctioner, the sustainer, the maintainer, the almighty regulator, and the supreme self, Paramatma. Uh, Sustainer means he he who provides nourishment. So we don't really provide our own nourishment. We can't even feed ourselves. If the sun wasn't there, if the soil wasn't there, if the moon wasn't there to give juice to the vegetables, if so many things were not available in the environment, we would starve to death. So to recognize that the Supreme is really the provider, the sustainer, uh, is what's being spoken of in the verse. Uh, Bhokta, Maintainer, means the protector. Maheshwar, the almighty regulator, means the superintendent of all. And Paramatma, the supreme self, means the indweller in all. This is how the words are to be explained. Jiva continues regarding the next two texts from the Gita that he gave as evidence. He wants to also break those down for us and explain them more deeply. So he says, in regarding those two verses in the Gita we just read, 16 and 17 from the 15th chapter, there are two kinds of purushas, and there's also the supreme purusha. Regarding the two verses quoted above, the word, the immutable self, means One who does not undergo change through time. According to Amarakosa, this is a dictionary of Sanskrit terms, this is the pure individual consciousness, Sudha Jiva. because, Because it is the very, in the very next verse, it is said, but different from these two is the Supreme Purusha. So two verses were quoted. The first of the two verses is talking about us, and we can either have pure consciousness or we can think that when the body's finished, we're finished. So we can either look upon ourselves as perishable or imperishable. If we have good guidance and good association and faith, we can hear that you're eternal. You don't die when the body dies. And if you really don't want to accept that, well, you have your own free will. But wow, what a miserable life you will lead. I mean, uh, and there's so much evidence to the contrary. Not only is there scriptural ex- evidence, there's empiric evidence. Some among us. Have uh, I forget I uh, what it's called the Sanskrit term, but they some people can recall past lives, so they can give at et- Well, I was a fighter pilot pilot and the uh, you know and this is how the plane. Well, it's not possible to somebody. Somebody could know that without prior experience, but leave that aside. Do you really think uh, a a Mozart or a Beethoven or a Bach or some of these other child prodigies that we see that could just sit down at the age of two and whip out a concerto? <laughs> do you think that that just happened by chance? Or perhaps we could use a little of the discriminating intelligence we do have to recognize no, there's years and lifetimes of practice involved there for them to come to this what to speak of a sadhu when you when you if you have the good fortune of meeting a sadhu who has full the full capacity of, of all the scriptures he they're, they're at his beck and call or like the sages of uh, you know that uh, we're sitting with maharaj parikshit at the time of his death and along comes a naked 16-year-old boy and he has a better grasp of the spiritual conclusions that were necessary for maharaj parikshit at that time not everyone every you know he had a certain propensity, and he could hear from him, Maharaj Pariksit, and all the other older sages were sitting and also hearing, and saying, "Yeah, this is this is this is the conclusion of the scripture coming from this young man, sixteen years old." So we have that, and that's that's just a little bit of. Uh insight into, into what it means by the immutable self and the mutable self It's as coming in the first of those two verses. Because in the very next verse it is said, so it's the Suda-Jiva who's immutable, But different from these two perspectives is that of the Supreme Person, Uttama Purusha, called Paramatma. Thus, here also, the field, the field of experience, the Kshetra, the knower of the individual field, Kshetrajya, and the knower of the aggregate of all fields, Sarva Satragya, supreme knower are being ad- indicated in its, uh, as corresponding to the three divisions of Sarapurusha, the perishable body, Aksara Purusha, the imperishable self, and Utama Purusha, the Supreme Self. By use of the word different, Anya, Krishna indicates that the latter two imperishable beings are indeed different. It is not possible for them to give up their respective natures. By this it is also shown that they never exist without attributes. The commentator says something that's worth sharing. One may misconstrue that Krishna's teachings in this section of the Gita speak only of Kshetra and Kshetragna, the former referring to Prakriti and the latter to Purusha, the former meaning the field of action and Purusha, the observer of the field of action. We're a Purusha. There's also the great Purusha. We have we have some control over what happens in our life. So, purusha is can be used in that way. The two ontological categories of the classic Sankhya philosophy of Kapila, Kapila and that therefore he is just confirming the classic Sankhya view. But that's not what Jiva is talking about here. Shijiva Jiva disagrees with this idea because Kapila does not himself mention Isvara, the Supreme Person. Krishna says, "Mum, me, me, the Supreme Lord is speaking of his, himself, which implies that there is a third reality beyond material nature, and the individual living beings. This is confirmed later in Bhagavad Gita. And then again, that same verse is quoted about the Purushas. He concludes this section of subsection, we will call it. He concludes this subsection of the very first section of the Darba by pointing out that Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that by worship of Him, because He's just spoken of attributes, that the Supreme Lord has certain qualities and powers. And he speaks of Krishna's comment in the Bhagavad Gita that by worshipping him, we attain his nature. Again, we come back to Jiva's refuting the misconception that in the ultimate issue the Vivartavad, or the conception that in the ultimate issue the Supreme has no personality. So, without Brahman is the unqualified perspective of spiritual reality. Jiva here is saying krishna in the bhagavad gita takes some length to explain to arjuna that if you worship me you're going to you're going to attain to my spiritual nature you're not going to be influenced negatively and relate negatively with the material energy you're going to understand You're truly a spirit soul. And there's so much more to life than simply the sensual experiences that are available in in this world. There's a spiritual world, and there's spiritual senses, and there's spiritual experience. And if you worship me, you can attain to that revelation of your of spirituality. That's this is called sarsti. It's one of the attainments. And this comes naturally for the Lord's devotee. Mm. So Jiva says, therefore Krishna's statement, He attains my nature, also means that he attains the same status or condition as Bhagavan. Sarsti not an attributeless state of liberation. The import is that although born, although both are equal in terms of their imperishability, we are eternal. The jiva is the one who is captivated by material nature due to its inferior strength. We don't have unlimited strength, so therefore we're easily drawn into the fire of material existence like a moth. Uh, and to dissolve this captivation is far alone as to be known as the reality meant to be worshipped. So with that, we'll stop this evening. This kind of takes us to the end of this. Any questions? Thank you so much.